0: Matthew 9, 35, 38. I'm not starting. I'm just repeating. Because I know some of you guys are like, should I open the Bible? Should I just open it or just wait for him to? Matthew 9, 35, 38. I know you guys. That's, that's we're awesome. Praise God. So I have bad news. Your version is different than my version. I have the new King James version because that was the only uh bible in the airplane that i had on my computer available so the same it's close enough are are we ready Yes. okay then jesus went about all the cities and villages um question what was he doing in whose synagogues theirs Theirs. Theirs. who's theirs? theirs the disciples i read the text so i know the answer What else was he doing? Preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And lastly, he was every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw who? The multitudes, he was moved with what? Compassion for who? For them. Why? Because they were weary and scattered. Like what? Then he said to the disciples, the harvest truly is what? Plentiful. Say it with me, the harvest truly is plentiful. I got bad news. But the laborers are few. Can I just say something? We can, we can, um, we can do something about that. Yeah. And we're going to do something about that. Personally, I'm, I'm convinced, I'm committed to make something, do something about that. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into what? His harvest. His harvest. His harvest. Father, this was your word, Jesus. You care. You care so much for the people in Las Vegas. And I ask, Father, that you would start a move in our hearts for what moves you. I pray that there will be an opening of eyes. Father, so many times we don't want to see the current situation because it's ugly, because it's too much. But, Father, I pray that there will be freedom from so many of us that because of fear, all we looked is inward. all we looked is at ourselves. all we looked is at our brokenness, because we don't want to look up. But Father, I pray that while we do that, that we will see Jesus. and uh, we will see the beauty of seeing Jesus by faith, Father, not by sight. So help us to use our spiritual eyes and our spiritual ears and our spiritual hearts to see Jesus and see the things that he sees. We love you so much and we pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. So let me give you a context. Jesus was healing people. He was just healing people. He, hel- uh, he was healing the daughter of the ruler. He was healing the woman with the disease. He was healing the mute man. And And uh, that didn't stop him, that didn't stop him, because we see on verse 35 that after he did a huge healing with specific people, he went into all the cities and the villages of the disciples. He would go to the villages he will go to the cities of the disciples and the first thing that he will do he will go to the synagogues of the disciples he will go to the synagogues of the disciple because there were jews there that they knew the old testament they knew the law and the prophets and the first thing that jesus had to do is to go to his people and in other words say This is the gospel, family. This is the gospel. He will say, in other words, I am the fulfillment of the law. I am the one that can fulfill every commandment. I am obedience in perfection. Not the Pharisees, not the religious men. Because if you want to enter, if you want to have union with, Jesus, with, with God, if you want to go to heaven, if you want to be justified, you have to be more perfect than the Pharisees. So everybody was like, man, that, that's impossible. So Jesus will say, I came to fulfill the law. In other words, I am the perfect man. I am the only one that can actually live perfect obedience and he will say also because of the prophets he will say by the way i am the one that the prophets foretold family that's that's the gospel that's the gospel jesus is the perfect man the one that was foretold so through him we will experience forgiveness of sin but we will also be clothed we will be given righteousness and we will be given union with god that's eternal life and not only he will go and preach the gospel but he will also heal the sick and every disease that's what he was doing But then as he was doing that, verse 36 says that he saw who? The multitude. Imagine if Jesus comes today. He's teaching at Awaken Las Vegas. He's teaching the Old Testament. He's teaching the prophets. And and, and he's telling us, hey, it's through me that you are saved it's through me that you're forgiven it's through me that your sins are covered it's through me that you actually can have access and union with God it's through me and by the way I'm going to heal all the ones that are sick all the ones that have disease I'm going to heal you guys powerful but when he saw the multitudes the Bible says that he was moved with what Compassion. compassion He was not just doing a show, he was moved with compassion. We live in a generation where, where we, we put so many attention and focus on the person that is on the stage. We worship, idolize, follow whoever has more followers, whoever has more um, impact on, on people, but you'll probably never meet that person. You will probably never experience intimacy, union, relationship. Jesus preached the gospel, taught the Bible, healed the sick, but he was moved with compassion. Moved with compassion. And when he saw the multitude, he saw their condition. And the Bible gives us two words that describes the state and the condition of the multitudes. The first thing that we see is that they were, who said it? Weary. They were what? Weary. Weary. What what does weary mean? Good question. Weary means the following. Exhausted on heart. Weak on heart, discouraged of heart. That's what weary means. You are exhausted, but taking a nap doesn't make it. Going to the gym doesn't make it. Eating some fast food doesn't make it. Watching a show doesn't make it. You are exhausted of what? Heart. You're trying to find solutions, but... You're exhausted, you're weak, you're discouraged of heart. Because you have stress due to the demands of life. Right? Think about it. If you're weary right now, you can, you can uh, process this with me. Why are you weary? Because you're stressed. Why are you stressed? Because you probably have some demands of life, right? You have some demands of life. They were weary. The second thing that Jesus saw is that they were scattered. Scatter means they were unattended. No one was attending them. They were uncared for. They were alone. Oh, I live in Mexico City, 25 million people. And it breaks my heart that as I am doing life over there with the people in Mexico, most of the percentage of the people are a description of this. They're just surviving. But they're just getting weary, exhausted, weaker, discouraged of heart. And no one sees them. Is that Las Vegas? The best explanation that Jesus gave regarding that to the disciples, he said, they're like sheep without a shepherd. Young people, God is a shepherd. God is a shepherd. Jesus knows what a shepherd does because he's the good shepherd. For example, he, he 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 cares. He feeds. He guides. He heals. He protects. You know why? Because he loves. Because he loves, is moved to action. And the action that the good shepherd provides, he cares, he feeds, he guides, he heals, he protects. Because he loves. And I have a question for us. Are you able to see? Are you able to see the people? Are you able to see the people around you? Are you able to lift up your eyes? Like I said earlier, so many of us can't even lift up our eyes because we can't fathom, we we can't deal with what we see. Because if you lift up your eyes, you will be so moved by the brokenness that you will be moved to do something. But a lot of us don't even want to look up because, ah, it's too much for me. I got my own what? My own problems. I got my own agenda. So, so, so think about it. What you're doing is, if you have that attitude, is that you're just putting your eyes on yourself. So, so you're just making it worse. Lift up your eyes. See the people around you. You know what you're going to notice? Because I started doing this a couple months ago. We're going into a transition. I love Mexico City. And recently, because of this transition, I've been realizing where God sent me. And I've been opening my eyes. I don't work in an office. I go to, my, I go to a coffee shop next to my, my apartment. And I don't. I go and work there. And as I was working, um, I started to notice the the owner of that coffee shop. And and as I was noticing, family, if you're of Christ, you're not gonna. You're gonna talk about Jesus. You're gonna show the love of Jesus. If you are of Christ, it's inevitable. It's natural. You don't have to fake it. You don't have to pretend it. Because Christ is so preeminent in you that, that, that you don't have to witness. You don't have to evangelize. It's natural. Je- Jesus is sweating through you. Does that make sense? Yeah. So as I, was, uh, as I was getting to know the owner, her daughters, she opened up. And she started telling me, like, we opened the coffee shop. My husband died. Three years ago, out of a heart attack, we were not expecting it. My daughters went through a depression. I am going through a depression. I still, I still think God did that for him, but for me, he, I think he made a mistake. So she was opening up, and, and I was able to share a little bit about life, and I didn't know that that conversation makes such an impact on her that a couple days later her daughter comes and says, thank you so much for what you told my mom. Thank you so much. You have no idea what it did to them. So, so I started getting more involved with them, and a couple weeks ago, before I came here, another neighbor was in the coffee shop. She was all stressed out. She was saying, like, I don't eat, I only eat once a day. Uh, I have the cigar. I can't leave it. Do you know how to? And for me, I'm like, Jesus is the answer. <laughs> like, they're opening their life to me. And you know what I realize? When you lift up your eyes, the people that is in front of you are the same as you. They go through the same issues, problems like you. They get depressed. They get sad. They get fired. They lose their job. They lose a family member. They they get sick. They crash. They get robbed. They break. They 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 break a relationship. The same things that you go through, let me tell you something. They go through the same thing. But do you know what broke my heart? They're worse because they don't have Jesus. I can't imagine what would life be without having the shepherd. I will not make it. So you know what started happening? My heart started breaking for them. Breaking for them. Breaking for them. Jesus' desire listen to me jesus desire is for your house is for your co-workers is for your peers is for your neighbors is for your city he was going into the synagogues and the cities of who the disciples I love salvation because salvation tells us that when we repent and believe in Jesus, the Spirit comes and dwells in us, the Spirit of Christ. So it does make sense that Jesus' desire is to go into your house, going to your neighbor, going to your school, going to your work through you. The Spirit of God is in you. Think about it. Think about who is in you. Because Jesus' desire is to go to the places that you care the most. He cares about the places that you care the most. But the question is, are you able to see? Are you able to lift up your eyes? Are you able to see their condition? Or are you only thinking about yourself? And most important, are you able to see the shepherd in the midst of it? Because it will be really depressing if you go out there, look at the people, but that's where it stops. Or look at the people and look at your situation, and that's where it stops. It's a depressing story. But when you look at the people, look at your situation, and see how you have a shepherd that takes care of you, that feeds you, that guides you, that heals you, that protects you, there's something inside of you called compassion that starts moving you into action. Compassion will always move you into action. Always. So verse 37, after Jesus saw the multitude, after Jesus was moved with compassion, after Jesus describes the condition of their souls then he approaches his disciples and tells them one thing and asks them one thing. Now, l- l- let's get the context. The disciples were tired too. The disciples are not that sharp. <laughs> there are only 12 people. And one of them sucks. One of them is gonna <laughs> betray Jesus. So, so obviously, so obviously, Jesus didn't look at them and say, "Hey, you guys have to change the world., hey, you guys have to change the world." No, because they're only 12. One of them sucks, and they're tired. Like Jesus, when he's tired, he goes to prayer and then he moves with compassion. The disciples, when they're tired, they complain, you know what I mean? But still we see Jesus. Approaching them and telling them one thing and asking them one thing. The same thing, family, that he's gonna ask you and he's gonna tell you today. Because the truth of the matter is this, the harvest is plentiful. A lot of us don't believe that. Once again, the harvest is plentiful. In other words, Jesus is saying, there is a lot of people out there in the fields, ready, ready to meet me. Once again, Jesus is saying, there is a lot of people out there in your school, in your work, in your neighborhood, in your city, in the streets, that are ready, are ready to meet me. But the bad news is, the workers, are nowhere to be found. The workers are few. You know who said that? Jesus. In other words, he's saying this, guys, this is the reality. Vegas is ready. Vegas is ready. You might not think, you might not believe, but Jesus is saying, the harvest is plentiful. The harvest is plentiful. But the workers are few. Are you able to believe? Are you able to believe what you said? Because belief is what drives action. Listen. Belief is what drives action. So if you don't believe that what God is saying is true, then you're going to be acting based on that belief that, hey, no, Vegas is not ready. There's a lot of people. I don't need to... Give up my agenda, the others will do it. See, your belief will dictate your action. But I'm so glad that Jesus is giving us the opportunity, He's giving us the permission to actually think Vegas is ready. Do you believe that? Vegas is ready. The reason we might not believe that is one, we're indifferent. We're really indifferent. We we are not able to what, look up. The other reason you might not be moved by this is because yeah, you're looking up, but you're just complaining. You just talk about solutions, but you don't do anything. The other reason might be that you look up, but then you get overwhelmed, and with all the overwhelmness, you don't do anything. It only stays as a good wish. And you hope that someone else will do what Jesus is telling you. The harvest in Vegas is ready. The workers are nowhere to be found. Do you believe that? That's really important. So what is our response? How can we respond to what Jesus said? There's three ways that we can respond. There's three ways, family, that we can truly see Las Vegas being changed one person at a time. One person at a time. There is three ways that Las Vegas can be changed one person at a time. So we see that the first thing that Jesus asked the disciple is pray. 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 Pray that the Lord of the harvest will send out laborers. Let me tell you something about prayer. Prayer moves. Prayer changes. Prayer is powerful. Prayer does things that you and I can do. Listen to me. Prayer does things things that you and I can do. The first thing that I have experienced prayer do do in my life is change me, change me. The more I pray, the more I notice that I'm being what? changed. that someone is changing my mindset and my heart because I am doing what I'm told to do. God didn't ask us to change yourself. God asked you to approach God and he will change you, but we actually have to do our part, pray. Pray. As I look up, saw that lady, I was broken. And the first thing that came to my mind, I have to share Jesus. I have to share Jesus. I have to invite her to church. But then I thought, I was like, no, I mean, I can't save anyone. And I don't need her to go to church. She needs Jesus. Church doesn't take you to heaven coming to church doesn't take you to heaven. It might do some good, but church doesn't take you to heaven. Jesus takes you to heaven. I'm 33, I'm 33. I'm 33. And the more I have walked with Jesus, the more I'm finding out that truly Jesus is the answer. That truly Jesus, the person, the divine person, through the Spirit, is the answer. And the only way I can approach him is through prayer. It's through prayer. Prayer is about presence. It's not about a wish list. It's about presence. You approach the throne because you are going to be present with Jesus. So the first thing that Jesus asked the disciples, because let's be honest, We don't understand why he invited us to be that gap between the harvest and the Lord. He could have done it, right? He could have done a better job than us. But he decided that he's going to use you and me. Let's stop complaining. Let's stop arguing. Let's stop debating. Let's just believe that he chose to use you to make that gap between the harvest and Jesus. So let's get to work. Yeah. He, he, he chose to do it that way. So the first thing, because he invited us, he's Mars, so he said, the first thing I want you guys to do is pray. Pray. Pray your heart out. Pray your heart out with the conviction that only God can accomplish this through me and us. Pray your heart out that the only way that the worker will bring the harvest to the master is through God in me and in us. God says on Zechariah 4, 6, so he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Sir Will, one of my favorite verses. When I am faced with the impossible, when I am faced with a wall, when I'm trying to do something that is the will of God, but that is beyond my, my strength, beyond my abilities, beyond my capacities, this verse comes to my mind. And it says, it's not by might, it's not by power, but by my spirit, says the lord so because i believe that and because you believe that we're going to pour out our heart in prayer knowing that god is the only one that can use you and us to make that gap between the harvest and jesus amen amen Amen. and especially as you look up i'll tell you what's going to happen the situation and the condition of the people that you're seeing is going to break your heart. Look, it's compassion that is going to move you. It's not a command. It's not a command. It's compassion that is going to move you to pray and to do what God is asking us to do. So as you look up, you're going to be so broken about their situation that you know, Lord, this is about heaven or hell. I'm, I, I'm not going to be okay, Lord, that for months I look at that woman and I didn't do anything about it. And, and the, the excuse of someone else will tell them, it's garbage. What about you, David? Wouldn't that be the person that probably someone, someone actually pray for? Wouldn't you be the answer that someone actually prayed for? For that person that actually God has put in front of you? Think about this. Wouldn't that person that God has placed in front of you, wouldn't you be the answer of that person that prays for that person? Yes. Does it make sense? Yes. yes. So that excuse of let someone else do it, God, it's already putting it off. The first thing that we can do to be that channel between the harvest and Jesus, it's pray our heart out. The second thing that we can do it's giving family. It's giving. It's giving. Giving. Money, it's really powerful. Money, it's really powerful, and it's really personal a lot of us don't like to talk about money a lot of us don't want to talk about money at church because money is really close to people's heart right it's really close to people's heart and for us family money should be Something powerful, because money moves, money talks. But money should be really close to our hearts, but not at the center of our heart. Big difference. Money is powerful. Do we agree on that? Money moves, money talks. So yeah, let's keep money money close to our heart, but not at the center of our heart. Because you can utilize money and resources to fulfill those things that are in your heart. Does it make sense? You love your family; it's deep in your heart. Use your resources to provide a good home. Use your resources to provide good meals. You 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 love uh, you love uh, fellowship. You love people. Use your money to buy more food so you can invite people to your house. Does it make sense? Keep money close to your heart, but not at the center of your heart. 2 Corinthians 9, 6a, 6. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8 says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountiful will also reap bountiful. So let each one give, As he purposed in his heart, not grodently or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have abundance for every good work. So, how do we respond? to this cried out of Jesus that the harvest is plentiful but the workers are nowhere to be found, first thing we do, we pray our heart out. The second thing we do is we utilize our finances, first of all, as an act of worship in obedience, and second, as an act to extend his kingdom of God. And I have an example of someone that for four years have given generously so the message of Jesus, so people can actually be workers going to the field and lead people to Jesus, that's you guys. For four years, you guys have given faithfully for me, my wife, and my boy, so we can be full 100% over there in Mexico City doing the work and responding to this necessity. Thank you so much, because money works, money moves, and it's not just money, it's the generosity of people that believe, yes, I believe that the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few, how can we use our resources so more workers can what? Go into the field. Thank you so much. I want to say that to you. Thank you so much. Your dollars, your generosity, your prayers have made us be those workers that have gone to Mexico City. And now it's not just me, but there's a hundred and plus people getting ready to actually be trained, equipped, and mobilized to go into the city and do what God is saying. Praying, but also going as workers, family. That's what your money is doing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I'm teaching the same thing in Mexico City. I want to tell the people in Mexico City, our generosity can do a lot. But before that, it's not my power. It's not by might. It's by what? By your spirit. Before that, let's make sure that we're praying. Let's make sure that we're not depending on money. Because the Holy Spirit cannot indwell a dollar. <laughs> cannot indwell a dollar. It can indwell the person that has the dollars. Does that make sense? So it's not about the money. It's about what? The person. Amen? It's about the person. And that's beautiful that Jesus Christ decided to pour out His Spirit on us. He could have done it. He could have come here. He has resources. He wants to use His people. He wants to use people that have experienced the compassion of Jesus. That's the most beautiful thing. We serve in our brokenness, we serve in our limits, but we serve because we have a big and powerful God. Don't forget that. And the last thing that we can do to change Las Vegas, to go into the harvest, pray, give, and lastly, being, being. Not just going, being. Look at what John 10, 12 says. But a, but a harling, someone that is on a contract, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf, because family, out there, there's a lot of wolves. You, know, you, you want to know why Vegas is the way it is? Scattered, weary, tired, because they're sheep without a shepherd, because the wolf is doing his business over there. And a lot of us are scared of the wolf. And we'll see why. But it says, But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming, and what does he do? Leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. And the last thing, this is really important, the last thing that we can do to respond to what Jesus is telling us that the harvest in Las Vegas is plentiful, but the workers are nowhere to be found. It's being a representative of Jesus, not a worker that is on a contract. A lot of us are treating our relationship with Jesus Based on a contract. What does that mean? That you put conditions. That, that Jesus is saying, come follow me. But you are so discouraged. You can't see God use you. Because you keep treating that relationship... As a contract relationship. In other words, when it doesn't please you, when it's not good for you, you flee. Being a representative of the great shepherd is the most powerful thing that we can do. And when I say being a representative, it means this that you are so united with him, that you're so moved by his compassion, that when you are in the fields, it's the mind and the heart of Christ that people see. Because you're all in. You are all in with Jesus. And it's his love, and it's his compassion, and it's his spirit that moves you, not your contracts, not your conditions, not your agendas. We live in a country that base every relationship based on contract. And God, praise God for contracts. (laughs) But praise God that he didn't save us based on a contract relationship. So if we wanna be representatives of Jesus, Put all contracts away. Put all conditions away. Give yourself full into Christ. And he will guide you. He will be your shepherd. He will remind you what I did to you. I'm going to use you so you can do it to others. What I did to you when I healed you from that brokenness. When I protect you from that person. When I guide you when you didn't know where you are. That's what I'm going to do with that person. But I'm going to use you. And when we get to actually be partakers of the mission of Christ, that's when we make our life worth it here. That's when we make our life worth it here. Because we love people. And it breaks our heart to see that there is many people in your life that are in the same situation like you or worst, but they don't have the shepherd that you have. And if right now you're acting like you don't have a shepherd, I'm going to invite you to repent because you have a shepherd that sees you, that heals you, that feeds you, that guides you, that cares for you, that loves you. But the problem is you're still treating him with contracts and condition. Or the other thing, you're not letting him be your shepherd you're not letting him love you you're not letting him guide you you're not letting him heal you and you might need to answer why that is why that is but family you have a shepherd his name is Jesus he went through heaven and hell to actually go for you he went through the cross he went through the cross because he breaks for you he breaks for you he looks at you and he knows you He knows you. He knows what you're going through. And you know what his response? He breaks for you. And he showed that he breaks for you, that he went on the cross. And the perfect man hang on the cross, the just for the unjust, so the unrighteous can become righteous in Jesus Christ. So all of us who understand the gospel, we rest. We rest in the righteousness of Christ, and we rest in his love. And it's inevitable to be moved. When we're resting in his love. Family, I have a challenge for you. I'm coming in six weeks. And right now there is empty spaces. And I bet you right now there is someone. That right now the spirit of God is putting in your mind. That you have been looking at. But you haven't been seeing it with the right eyes. Ask the Lord to actually give you his eyes. So you can see that person that God is placing in front of you. Remember that person might be someone that people have prayed for years family. Open your eyes lift up your eyes and start And I bet you that when I come in six weeks, I'm going to be hearing testimonies of many of you saying, you know what? God answered my question. God's giving me a heart of compassion. God's actually starting to give me opportunities to ask questions to get to know that person because the people want to be known. They want to be known. They want to know that they care. They matter. There's someone. And only Jesus can give you that heart because it was only Jesus that cared for you. No one will give what Jesus Jesus gave for us because he cared for each one of us. So family, I'm gonna challenge you, in the next six weeks, put it on your calendar, Put it on your calendar at 10 p.m., and 9 p.m., just put an hour for five minutes. Pray for that person that when you lift up your eyes, the Spirit is saying, that person, I'm going to get that person through you. But you have to believe. Don't just put a list to make a list. No, ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, show me who is that person in the harvest that is ready to meet you. Ask the Lord, and he will guide you to that person. And come down, just pray, pray, pray. And you will see, you will see, you will see testimonies. In six weeks, David, I had the craziest conversation that opened up her heart for me to know her condition. And right now I'm just praying and broken for that person. David, you don't even know what happened, but I actually got to share a little bit of my testimony. David, you don't even know what happened, but actually I got to pray with that person that you don't even know what happened but that person actually now is actually asking me questions about god you don't even know because you don't try because you don't believe because you don't give people don't you get you don't give god a chance give him a chance to show you that he still wants to use you yes give him a chance that god still wants to use you and it will be amazing to see One day, that next to your left or to your right, that person that you pray for, we pray for, came to church, not to accept Jesus, but as a believer, as your brother, as your sister. Because you were able to show that person the mind and the heart of Jesus. Don't underestimate who lives in you. Don't underestimate the message of the gospel. Leave the gospel daily and you'll be okay.